Welcome to the Loaded Goat. I'm Aaron. And I'm Chris. Today. Can I say something? Yeah, say something. Before we get into the episode, you know, we just did an episode with your mother last week. And I got to be honest, she raised you right. Thank you. When I, Thank could, you. when I could see what parenting could be, what you did post 18, who knows what happened. But uh, I think your mother, your mother did a good job and she, she would have taken your bike away. Well, thank you. I, I I definitely do not feel like I was a spoiled kid. Um, there was a there. I did feel like there was definitely some good parenting, uh, and I, I do feel like I was raised right. I feel like your parents raised you right too. I haven't met. I've only seen them at your wedding. That that was it. But I mean, you seem like a very well adjusted, well adjusted human being based on this these interactions that we have you know we're teaching we we teach kids to have the capacity for love and resilience you know it's just what else can we do you know right yeah but this we, episode is brought to you by care.com <laughs> we today we're doing opium the spoiled kid and this is this this is a good episode that kid i mean watching this again arnold winkler is probably one of the most obnoxious children in television history it was so annoying yeah. I watched it outside and it was like a little late at night. And normally, like I, I do that often with the Andy Griffith show in the summer. And it was, the, I, I felt uncomfortable. I turned most of the volume down for how much screaming there was. And it was so much louder than any of the dialogue throughout the episode. I agree. I mean, it was, yeah. And, and he was just, oh, I mean, and I just watch it and I'm kind of like, you know, the stuff he's doing, obviously he's too young to know, but. Eventually, crying and screaming like does not it, it it costs you a lot. I mean, kids make fun of you. You, I mean, you know, he was he was like on the precipice of just being. being too old. I mean, he was well, a, actually. I, I kept thinking, like comparing. I mean, obviously, the whole episode is the comparison to Opie, right? But more kids are like I like the little brat than the adults that are working hard for the reward of a quarter. The one thing I do, I, one thing I have often wondered, having being one of those few people who is from Gen X, who is old enough to remember what it was like to not have all of the advancements in technology and was able to do all of those things like program a VCR and do things like that, but has appreciated the benefit of it. I've often have wondered if proceed, if generations that follow have become too reliant on technology, but then again, it's not like I'm really built to live off the land. So it's kind of, so, I mean, I wonder if they would say that, you know, generations that preceded me would say I'm too dependent on technology. Yeah. Cause you know how to use that VCR. You push that button, you'd hold the other button, doing great stuff. That's not how you, that's how you record when you, there's a programming of VCR. It's when you, you have to actually figure out what channel it's going to be on, set the recording time, make sure your TV is on that channel to record that program. You don't just get to go into the guide on your television and hit the record button, set the record button. So okay. I don't appreciate your condescending tone in any way, shape or form. I just realized how we're going to make it on TikTok is we're going to take this little video of you explaining, mansplaining how to program a VCR, and we're going to let the Gen Z's eat you alive. There we go. That's what there we go. So you're just going to, I think somebody probably has already made a TikTok video of programming <laughs> a VCR. I hope it was as impassioned as yours. I mean, I just didn't appreciate you making fun of me when I was talking about something that I felt was kind of complicated. <laughs> you ready to dive in? I am. 
Spread right, that bike down the sidewalk. Yeah. All right. This episode first aired on February 18th, 1963, and it was written by Jim Fritzell and Everett Greenbaum. We open with Andy walking down the street, and Miss Rosenbach has her groceries knocked out of her hand by a kid on a bike riding on the sidewalk. Oh, she's annoying. Everybody's kind of annoying in this scene except Andy, because then Barney tries to mansplain to Mrs. Rosenbach about, you know, noting the description of suspects and how he's, you know, everybody should be trained in law enforcement. And then all of a sudden this kid's whizzes by on the bike again. And Barney's like, well, he went by us so fast. So he didn't see him either. Do you think that Mrs. Is it Mrs. Rosenbach? Is that what you said? Yeah, yeah. Mrs. Rosenbach is entitled for the county to buy her new groceries because of all of her fruit is now bruised because it fell on the ground because of the sin town that Mayberry was for that brief moment. I mean, if they had gotten, if, you know, if, if the Mayberry Sheriff's Department had been more on top of its game, they could have gotten the kid and then gotten Mr. Winkler to buy her some new groceries. I think so. I think yeah. that would have been our, that, I think that would have made sense. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. So the kid whose name is Arnold goes over to Opie's house to hang out with Opie and he refers to, he keeps calling him Taylor, which I, you know, people have, oh, I'm, I'm, I've, people have referred to me by my last name a lot. Do people refer to you by your last name? Yeah, but it's such a bro thing. It's like, hey, accordingly, I don't think it's ever not been said, hey, <laughs> right before. Yeah, I mean, it is I do have a few friends who they like they go by who I call I may call them by their last name, but it was like a college thing. Hearing a kid, a little kid do it is kind of jarring. Yeah, the other thing that I'm all confused about is there's like a weird gender or like sibling thing where like one of my friends is one of three brothers, and I was talking to one of his friends, and they live together, and I was like, "Are you talking about Brennan?" And he's like, "No, Folsom." I'm just saying their last names out, but I was like, well, yeah, but they're all, all their whole last name is Folsom. You can't differentiate the brothers by the last name that they all have. Yeah. I had a friend in college. I've been, we've been, I've been friends with him for years. Know his family very well. I've spent time had, you know, had several Sunday dinners with him and his family. And they, for years, they didn't even know my name. First name was Aaron. Oh, what a world that would be. I know. I know. So Kit Arnold is clearly a spoiled brat. I mean, it is, a, it is, a, it is, you know, it from the word go that this kid stinks. For sure. For sure. I mean, and, classic kid from Raleigh, right? Um, the, the, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Did don't you know have a bad experience with kids from Raleigh? No. Yeah, you know, those, those, those Raleigh kids, they're all, they're all spoiled. <laughs> anyway, Arnold tells Opie he's a sucker for doing chores. And he's not wrong. I mean, do you think Opie so? doesn't have another choice, but he's not wrong. I don't think I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I mean, I think, I think, I mean, I don't, the kid's wrong. I mean, the, I think every, it is every parent's within reason. It's every parent's discretion about how they want to instill a work ethic in their, in their, in their child. And I think that Mr. Winkler has not done a very good job with Arnold, but what Opie's having to do really isn't that is i mean it sounds like he's having to do one afternoon's worth of work and he gets a quarter for it did you have a weekly list of chores that you had to do yeah but it was in some ways it was a lot of it growing up but that you know it was a lot of it was outside stuff and we didn't really we we lived out in the country so i didn't really have to it's not like i had to take the trash out or anything like that so it was it was different different things 
Yeah, I just had to dig a hole six feet wide by six feet deep every day. Oh, explain to me. Explain that to me. If you want to, you want to, you want to break that down. Yeah, it had to be the the height of the shovel, and then I escaped. And I had some uh, fermented peaches that kept me alive. This is the story of holes. My Louis Sack hour. I'm sorry, you caught me off guard. Um, yeah, I just had to do kind of random stuff. I never had like a set thing that I always had to do or a set payment. Yeah. So your dad never just said, hey, son, go out there and dig this hole and don't ask any questions. No, they didn't. It would more be like, hey, why don't you rake uh, pine needles and it'll always look like there are pine needles there. I mean, pine needles, it's just like they never go away. They never go away. They never go away. You keep you keep at it. You're like, you're like I'm going to conquer these pine needles. And you never do. And I guess maybe as a grown adult, maybe you could conquer the pine needles. I've done it. No, no, I I, I like still rake pine needles and it still looks the same afterward. And you leave with 20 bags full of pine needles. And there's just more pine needles. It's like it's like Newman talking about the mail. He's like, the mail just keeps going. (laughs) Never quits. The pine needles never quit. So at the jail, Barney comes in reading wanted posters, and this is a funny scene of him reading the names and what they're wanted for. And then he says, 8,500 American silver cartwheels right in my hands. There's <laughs> I only- love that. Yet, we don't know where they are. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And then Opie comes in saying he left his chores because he needs to talk to his father. And so he sits down, and then Barney's just standing there, chiming in, and so he sends, um, he sends Barney away, and then Opie says, you sure Barney's not upset? And he says, why would Barney be upset? He goes, because Barney's sensitive. And then Barney comes out and gets into a whole thing about being called sensitive. This is just a really funny exchange. Has anyone ever done that to you in an apology? About me being sensitive? Well, someone was like, I, I've received apologies. Like, oh, I just didn't know you were so sensitive. Well, what is this? It's not an apology. So I personally empathize with Barney in this scene as a kind, sensitive empathetic modern american gentleman so nobody's really done that to me since i in a long and and since i basically was in my 30s that is really a condescending thing that people people younger people say to each other when they can't bring themselves to apologize for sure so andy leaves or barney leaves opie tells andy that arnold told him about the 75 cent rule and it turns out that as we mentioned arnold's new family arnold's family is new from raleigh and then after Opie gives gives the whole spiel, Andy explains that there are no rules for fathers and sons, and this the quarter for work deal is to teach him about the gratification of doing work. Which I get. I, I think it. I, I struggled with you know inflation during this conversation for the reward that you'd feel getting a quarter flipped to you. I mean, I would say like we're talking about inflation. I mean, it's probably like I mean my allowance. When I was a kid, I mean, at that age, it was probably five dollars a week, maybe two fifty a week, or something like that, which was about what this about what this comes out to be. So that checks out. All right, all right. Yeah, I mean, I just feel like you're worried. Opie's getting. I feel like you're worried that Opie Opie's being, you know, exploited as child labor here. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I know, and I just don't. I don't think that's the case. Okay, I wonder if that was weird for little Ron Howard, who was probably making a little bit more than that than that quarter a week. I mean, he had, he probably real, but he was probably working harder than Opie was too. Yeah. How much do you think he made? I don't know. Per season. I don't know. We could probably find out. All right. I bet we can't. I'm going to leave it to you to, to track that information down. All right. I'll reach out to Jerome Powell. 
Jerome Bell knows what Ron Howard is. So. <laughs> he keeps the ledger, right? Right. He Jerome, the ledger of all Jerome, the stuff. Jerome Bell knows Ron Howard's salary from the Andy Griffith show. He just goes back in the book and he's like, mm, 1960, blah, blah, blah. Okay. All right. 18th. All right. You, you get on that. I'm, I'm just I'm going to let you run with that. So Opie leaves and Barney comes out to tell Andy how he muffed it and how he should have used corporal punishment. Which is funny because he said I'm reading it and like the the papers are advocating for spanking your child and I'm just a little bit like that's what a difference sixty years makes. This is not something that <laughs> you, you know you don't you're not you're not reading Parade magazine and they're saying yeah spank your kids yeah it's like dear Abby's like you know what'll solve this problem an old woodshed out back yeah so. Barney's and, and Andy said Barney's father never Andy asks he goes did your father hit hit you and Barney goes no I was bigger than he was okay because he thought you were sickly are you weren't you sickly <laughs> he goes he was sicklier than me which makes me think Barney's dad was must have been kind of uh you know I get the impression was kind of a very short feeble man I think so I think yeah. so so apparently. Jim Fritzell, who did not have any kids, would rock around telling other members of the show of the team how to how to raise theirs. That's always oh. it's always really it's always especially I mean you can see it in politics all the time or in or, you know living in the D.C. area people are always happy to tell you how they think something should be done or how people should people should yeah, do they're their like jobs. don't Michael Jackson don't hold blanket outside the window you know and it's I mean, like you know what are we doing. Yeah, I mean, it's, are you? I think uh, I think that was a that was different. I think walking up to somebody individually and being like, "Here's what you need to do." No, totally. I thought Andy handled this really, really well, though. I mean, he didn't mince his words back to to Barney. You you don't know what you're doing until you're faced with that situation in front of you. Yeah, I mean, and it is one of those things where Andy's a lot more patient with that. I would be, you know, I would be like Barney, mind your own business. Mm-hmm. So back at the Taylor household, Arnold is telling Ho- Opie how to take action. He talks about temper tantrums and holding your breath to freak out your parents. And Opie's confused. And Arnold pulls him in with a mock temper tantrum. And Opie gets the idea to do that, too. And we go to commercial. I was I was never one for a, a tantrum. But once I was with I was at my friend Taylor's house and we were singing to fame. And we were standing on their coffee table, which we were explicitly told not to ever stand on their coffee table. And Taylor broke it and then hid under his parents' bed. And he would say things like, this is going to be my last breath. And then he'd take a big breath. And then I would squeeze the air out of his mouth. And then he'd be like, this one. It was, it's, a, it's a fond memory I have of a child having a complete and total breakdown. But then, you know, getting needing air. Did he get in trouble? No, no, he was fine. That's good. That's good. I'm glad they, everything. They did send out. him to Dubai for like the last six years, but I think that was more work related than than you know late. Oh, onset. so one for the table is he he actually made the conscious decision to go to Dubai. Yeah, as an adult, but it it's we can't say that it's not related. I mean, like we can't say that. Good luck with this one. <laughs> <laughs> That's the you know what's the uh, it's like yeah, this is this sounds like. This sounds like po- this can't, sounds a little bit like post truth stuff, where you're like, we can't say that he's in Dubai because he broke the table, right? Yeah. Is that what we're saying? Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. I see. Yeah, I'm going to let you run with that. So now that we're at the break, we're going to go with the biggest listicle time. Listicle time. We're going to go with the biggest spoiled brats in pop culture history. We're counting down. 
Do you want to go first? I feel like yeah. I'm always going first. I'll go first. Number five, Veruca Salt from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. All right. All right. We're going to have some crossover, it seems. Number five for me, Dudley from Harry Potter. He's my number four. Let's talk about Dudley. Dudley, Dudley is, you know, when I think about Dudley, and I've, I've seen and read all the things, and his later on life, he becomes pretty cowardly, you know, but it, so you see a spoiled brat become cowardly. But, you know, the first memory I have of, of Dudley is counting his gifts and needing to have more gifts from the year before. Yeah. And it, you juxtapose that with the treatment of Harry Potter, and it really is a... He, it, it almost emphasizes how even more how so how spoiled he is. 100%. And he is just kind of an awful kid. Yeah. I mean, the Dursleys are just awful people. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're lucky they got out of this without with just they're lucky they got out of all of this with just being shamed. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So who do you have at number four? Muffy from Arthur. So she is the very wealthy friend. She and Francine Frensky are best friends, but she really just, I mean, she's, she's just a spoiled little girl. You know, she has some redeeming qualities throughout, but I think she's normally used as a foil to make, make uh, Francine seem more down to earth. And so we're talking about the cartoon, right? Not the yep. Dudley Moore movie. Yep. Okay. So number three, I have junior from the movie problem, the problem child movie. So have you ever seen problem child? I have not. So Junior is a bad kid who they adopt and he does things like he does things that really are, you know, that you could only in the 90s and before like he pees in people's lemonade. He hooks up with the serial killer. He does a lot of things that are just really, really bad. And in the meantime, his, his stepdad, John Ritter, just kind of rolls with it. You know, when you said when you said that, it reminded me of another one that didn't make my list. But I think uh, Junior Tony Soprano um, could totally be on this list too. Junior is not Tony Soprano. No, no, no. But like Tony Soprano's son's named Tony. Oh, AJ. Yeah, AJ. AJ Anthony yeah. Soprano Jr. Yes, he could totally make this list. He is. Yeah. He is. He is the most spoiled brat. He's so, but he's so he's so pathetic too that it's like it's hard. You know, he's he's not really one that he, he he's so pathetic sometimes that you forget about him. Totally. Um, I had Veruca Salt as number three. I think she's the most stereotypical. I mean, she is the archetype of spoiled brats. Yeah, I mean, the, you know, and I mean, I've seen her in a number, I've seen her in both the movie versions, but, and I saw, saw her in actually the play, um, the musical, but in the original movie, I mean, she is just quintessential, I mean, annoying British voice, uh, annoying British accent, yelling at her father, her, you know, he's got the whole factory of people opening tickets and she's just acting horribly i mean yeah she she just i mean like the first person i thought of when i was putting together this list i was like oh yeah veruca salt totally yeah. all right number two joffrey baratheon from game stop of stop it that's who i well i have king joffrey not just oh, king joffrey. joffrey i think okay. it is king days that's who my number two is only not only is he spoiled he's a psychopath yeah that, that's a nice combination yeah. I mean, it's kind of like my, you know, the the best way to describe Joffrey is the line when they're on Game of Thrones, when they're describing Joffrey is, was when Tyrion says, we've had vicious kings and we've had idiot kings, but we've never had a vicious idiot king until now. And that was kind of the summation of Joffrey. Totally. Totally. Yeah. And number one, I have Damien from the Omen movies. I haven't seen 
Well, he's Satan incarnate, so that's okay. um, you know. So he not a he's spoiled, and he causes a lot of accidental deaths. Um, accidental deaths, I say in quotation marks. I am picking on a young child in this Amabella Klein, who plays Lord Dern's daughter in Big Little Lies. Oh wow! Okay, that's a. <laughs> is that unfair? No, I mean, how old is she? She's probably, know, she's probably like seven now. How old was she when you were um, when when she was on the show? <laughs> little kid, she's a little kid. Was she? Was she? Uh, what? Why do you? Why do you have her at number? Well, one? a lot of it is, I think, a, you know, season one, very reflective of you know, Lord Dern's character is like the perfect uh, helicopter mother, and she just keeps saying, "I'm a Bella, I'm a Bella," and she's annoying. You know, rich girl, a lot of opportunity, yeah. only plays with blocks. You know, there's just there's. We're going to find out some more about Amabella in season three. I'll tell you that much. All right. Well, that's good to know. I think that, I think some of this is, you know, and that's part of it is, is on some of you know, in all of these shows and all of these characters that we discuss, they're the, these, the rottenness of these, the rotten behavior of these kids starts with their parents. I mean, oh. they've all, they've all got terrible. I mean, you know, Veruca Salt's dad was a pushover. Joffrey Baratheon's parents they had a lot of they they weren't just they had a lot of problems. I mean, not just it wasn't just that they spoiled their kid kid either. Um, com- completely, completely agree. I don't think that we have ever had a listicle where we have so much crossover. We have not, but we've only done about four of these, so that's that's the uh, so we'll 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 see how this goes. But yeah, spoiled brats. They kind of I think a lot of them a lot of people would would come up with the same list that we did. I think on this. And now, if you go to the loadedgoat.net slash store, you can buy Bratz dolls in these characters. No, you can't. Use the code Aaron Talent. Use, use the code Christopher is lying. Don't <laughs> do, do, do not do that. It will just, just, it'll just be a waste of your time. After the break, Barney is walking past the jail and Arnold buzzes past him on the bike. Barney blows his whistle and then gives the kid a lecture about riding his bike on the sidewalk. Arnold says he won't do it again. And he immediately rides back on the side walk and runs into Andy. And they take his bike and Arnold runs off and says he will tell his father, but not before he pulls Barney down to his level. And they're, ma- they're going at each other. And that was really classic funny. Punk. Yeah, hmm. classic punk. But he also knows how to deal with people like Barney. Yeah. He's been, you know, he bullies these kids at schools. Yeah. I mean, Arnold... This is, I mean, it's good that this happened to Arnold now because if Arnold tried this sobbing and doing these things at school with teachers and like, I think Arnold, yeah, he'd get, get the ruler. He'd get bullied too. He would be seen as an easy mark for the other school kids. Totally. So he comes back to the jail and says he doesn't want to work for it for his allowance. And Andy's not having it. I think he kind of has picked up that this uh, kid is influencing his son. And so Opie tries to throw a temper tantrum. Opie's can't. Opie can't do it. I mean, he's not, he's not working. To it. Yeah. It doesn't work either. He's not good at it. Andy clearly sees that it's fake. And, but it is just kind of funny. He's just sitting at his desk and Opie starts just doing all of this stuff and it's just oh, not it's working. So it, it is funny. I love it. It's like, what are you doing? Oh, I'm throwing a tantrum now. Don't get your clothes dirty. Yeah. I mean, Opie. And the thing of it is, is Arnold is shameless. Opie is not. No, absolutely not. Yeah. So in comes Arnold and his father, and Andy and Barney won't budge. Ar- Arnold starts throwing a temper tantrum. 
and it's really pathetic. It's really pathetic. Opie's watching this. He thinks it's pathetic. And he, and Mr. But still, Mr. Winkler is trying to back him up. I mean, the, 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 the facial expressions that Ron Howard offers in this scene is really very fine acting. Even, I mean, we always talk about how great he is as a child actor, but this is some really good stuff. Well, I couldn't tell if he was disgusted by the kid or Mr. Winkler's ill fitted suit. I think he was disgusted by the kid. <laughs> But, you know, that's the sh- that's the thing about this show. It's like Lost and The Sopranos and everything else. It really leaves a lot of ambiguity on, yeah, totally. on, 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 on interpretation. That's yeah. that's what the Andy Griffith show wants is for you to just be like, well, it could it could have been anything. anything. Yeah. Maybe they're all asleep. Yeah. And so Andy finally tells Mr. Winkler that if he couldn't take care of his kid, Andy ought to lock him up, which is a little bit of a stretch and a little bit. I mean, it's not not as much of a stretch in this day and age. It seemed like more of a stretch back in 1963. Yeah. And th- then Arnold overplays his hand. He, and he does. Su- this is great. I love yeah. watching this part. It's yeah. just a train out of control. Yeah. And he does not realize where Andy's where Andy's head, where Andy's leading him. And he suggests that he would be fine with his father going to jail so he can have his bike back. He wants his dad to go to jail. That'll teach him. Yeah. Mr. Winkler just says, you don't need to impound the bike. I'm going to take it and sell it. And then he takes Arnold out to the woodshed. We're all happy. And he goes, we go to commercial. (laughs) (laughs) Which, I mean, I'm not really against this kid getting whipped. I mean, he's, um, it's, I mean, I got spanked growing up. I don't think it's, it's not traumatic, but I just am kind of a little bit like when they say we're going to take you to the woodshed. I mean, I feel like Arnold... I feel like they have done such a poor job as parents with Arnold that I think if they all of a sudden, uh, like they're flipping it to where like we've placated you your entire life. Now we're going to sell your bike and start whipping you. I feel like Arnold's going to be, yeah, yeah, Arnold's got some, Arnold's like, Hey, the goalposts are really getting moved on here. (laughs) Totally. I wish, and you know, the epilogue is, is sweet, but I wish that Barney would have bought the bike. Yeah, that would have been funny. But in the epilogue, Opie comes in and negotiates for his old arrangement of doing chores for a quarter a week. But given that Opie apologized, Andy ups his allowance to 27 cents a week. And then Opie says he's going to save up for a bell and then a bike to go with it. And we close. Which any else said it was a tough to do the to do the apology. You know, I thought that was really sweet and cute. I did think that it was a logistical nightmare. You got to get three extra coins. Every week, get out of town. I mean, I would just wonder, like, I mean, you know, the penny was now a lot of places won't even take pennies. But the penny, I think you could back in the I think back in 1963, you could put a penny in a gumball machine and get a gumball. Oh, really? Yeah. There were uses for the penny. Not anymore. No. Now there's. Yeah. The penny, it's going by the wayside. Do you want me to have a comment to that? No. <laughs> how many how many penny whistles would you give this? I would um I'd give it seven. I was gonna go I was gonna go seven as well. I was teetering on eight, but I would say this this is a fun episode. It's funny. You get some funny Opie, you get meaningful father-son moments, you get dismiss dismissive nature of Barney, Barney getting physical humor, some new characters um, brought in to kind of keep with the, the normal arc of the show. I thought it was good. I thought so too. I mean, I, it's one of these, it's a good show. It's a good episode. I mean, that's why a seven's a good score. It is. It really is Aaron. Yeah. Yeah. Any final thoughts? No, I liked it. I did too. 
Check us out on iTunes, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. And if you think about it, subscribe. Next week, we will do the Great Filling Station robbery. Until then, Christopher, I hope you really have seen how silly you look when you throw your temper tantrums. Isn't, stop it, isn't it called Apple Music now, Mr. iTunes? 